Coming up on Gangs All Here, it's the season finale of the podcast, and we figured we would go out with a bang. Jets head coach Adam Gase will join us. Hear the interview next on Gangs All Here from the New York Post. You play to win the game. Welcome to Gangs All Here, a New York Jets podcast with the New York Post. I'm your host and Jets beat writer, Brian Costello. You can follow me on Twitter, at Brian Cos. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If using Apple, give us a rating of five stars and write a nice review. Jets head coach Adam Gase joins us today on the season finale of the show. Let's do it one final time for season one of the podcast. All right, well, we're wrapping up the season of the Gangs All Here podcast, our first season. Uh, We launched this actually the morning after the Jets' horrible defeat against the Patriots in October, which was one of the low points of the season. There was a few low points, but that was definitely one of them, the ghost game. Uh, And it's been an interesting year. You know, they they started off one in seven, and we kind of started this podcast in the middle of that, and things didn't look very good. And then they turned things around and finished six and two in the second half of the season to go seven and nine. I think there was some encouraging signs in the second half of the year because, you know, I can remember when they lost in Jacksonville, which was the week after that Patriots game, thinking that things could unravel pretty quickly for this team and that they could uh, come apart at the seams and start having some locker room issues and, and tune out Adam Gase, but they didn't. And they, they ended up going six and two. Uh, and I think that's encouraging. I don't think it's that means they're going to win the Super Bowl this year or anything, but I think it beats the alternative <laughs> of just continuing the losing. And then we get to the offseason. Joe Douglas, his first offseason as general manager, hired last June. You know, I thought he, uh, I liked the way he attacked free agency. He did not spend silly money. I'm not a believer in spending huge money in free agency. I, I don't think it usually works. Uh, Jets fans know that very well through the years of them spending money, including last year. You know, they spent money and it, it doesn't always translate to win in the fall when you spend big in March. So he spread it around. Connor McGovern at center, George Fant at tackle, Greg Van Roten at guard, Pierre Desir at cornerback. He addressed some of the needs on this team. None of them are big names, but we'll see how it works out for them. Uh, And then we get to the draft. You know, I feel like we talked about the draft more this year than any other year because of the current situation in the world. And we're all at home and no sports. You know, went kind of as we expected with them going tackle in the first round with Makai Becton and then wide receiver in the second round with Denzel Mims. You know, I think I said on the last episode when we reviewed the draft, I'm not a guy who hands out grades right after the draft. I like to see them on the field. I'll tell you in a few years how they did. But, you know, I like the logic of where they went with this thing. And, you know, I think Jets fans should be encouraged by where the team is going I think they're pointing in the right direction you know is that going to translate into a playoff team this year I don't I don't know I think I'm, I'm skeptical of that I still think they have a lot of work to do they uh, they still have a lot of holes on this team but the, the key is going to be all about Sam Darnold you know and like it usually is it's going to be about the quarterback and what kind of progress can he make in his third year in the NFL and his second year with this system I think he should be better knowing Adam Gase's system. Now he's into the fine-tuning of it. He doesn't have to worry about the language of the system and that kind of thing. So that's the big question, though, is what Sam does in year three, and can he elevate himself to where you feel like 
you definitely have a franchise quarterback for the next decade. I'm not sure Jets fans are there right now yet with Sam. Uh, there's been some encouraging signs in the first two years, but there's been some inconsistencies. Uh, obviously, the mono last year kind of hurt the evaluation of Sam. I'm not sure you know, if he was ever really right after that. It's kind of stunted his growth. So I'm curious to see what he looks like in year three. It's going to be interesting, too, to see how the Jets fare with the current situation. You know, with coronavirus, there's going to be no spring program. Uh, it's going to be all virtual. The Jets have a lot of new pieces. Can they come together as a team quickly in 2020 if the season starts on time or whenever it starts? They're going to have a lot of work to do to build the chemistry up and try to accomplish some of the things you do in the spring, uh, accelerate that in the summer. And that could be tricky. I think the teams who are going to have an advantage this year are the teams that have been together for a long time, especially in certain spots like offensive line, uh, the secondary where communication is key. So I think you're looking, you know, if you look at teams like the Saints, or the Chiefs uh, that have been together for a while, the core group there, they're going to have an advantage going into this year. I think it's going to be a challenging thing for teams like the Jets who made a lot of changes. It's going to be on the coaches to try to accelerate that process. And Kaz, quickly, just coming from the fans' perspective here, first off, it's been a fun show and it's been great working with you all year long. I've loved hearing from a lot of these old Jets and you know some of the legends, whether it was Namath, Wesley Walker, Keyshawn Johnson, um, all those guys, Willie Colon, Adam Shine was awesome before the Super Bowl. From a fan perspective I say I don't even look at the record from last year I kind of throw last year out the window I am more as a fan encouraged by the offseason that they've had and like you said they didn't spend a ton they built that offensive line they had a good draft and it's a fresh look at a GM Idzik was bad McCagnin was bad everything was bad and Joe Douglas is kind of a breath of fresh air so from a fan's perspective I look at this saying I want to give Sam Darnold a chance I'm not a person who's been so high on him like some people are I want to see him behind this brand new revamped offensive line so going into next year I'd say fans are encouraged by the offseason the offensive line and you know a fresh start and I think that's going to be something to look forward to and it's and another thing as you said coronavirus it's going to be interesting to see it is going to be a shock if there will be fans in the stadium next year I cannot see a situation where MetLife Stadium has 80,000 people roaring for the Jets on Sundays so seeing games without fans is something that's going to be a different perspective so there's a lot of ways to look at it but as a fan, I say Jets fans thrown last year out the window are encouraged what's next. And I don't think anyone's expecting, you know, Super Bowl or bust or playoffs or bust, but they are expecting an improved product and a team that could at least finish at 500 next year. Yeah. Jake, the thing is this, this team could be better and finish with a worse record. Yeah. That was something Damian Woody, the old Jets tackle pointed out on Twitter the other day. Uh, and he's right. You know, this schedule is rough. They play the NFC West where you have the 49ers who were in the Super Bowl last year, the Rams who was in the Super Bowl the year before the Seahawks who are always good and the Cardinals who have Kyler Murray and are pointing straight up they're going up they have them they also oh by the way they also go to Arrowhead Stadium and play the Super Bowl champion Chiefs so this is not an easy schedule anyone saying you know playoffs are bust I mean I, I think you gotta look at the schedule and temper your expectations uh, I think what you what you said you're looking for progress from Sam and the offense if you get that you'll be encouraged this year the other big storyline Jake is Jamal Adams and what happens with his future. You know, he's still on the team. He came through the draft. He didn't get traded. I do think they'll work it out. It's going to be a rocky road. You know, it's going to be, uh, there's going to be some bumps in the road. I don't know how much money he's going to ask for, uh, but, you know, there could be, you know, whenever training camp starts, it's going to be interesting to see if he shows up and uh, what happens there. He obviously, he's the best player on the team and they, uh, they're they going to do everything they can to sign him, but I'm not sure 
uh, when that gets done. All right, well, I hope everyone enjoyed the podcast this year. We have a special guest coming up with Adam Gase, but before we get to Adam, I just want to send out a big thanks to all my New York Post colleagues who have joined me on the podcast. Thanks to Mike Vaccaro, Mark Canizero, and Steve Serby for bringing all their insight. I also want to thank all the guests from this season. You can go back and listen to our interviews with Joe Namath, Joe Beningo, Mike Westoff, Bob Wischusen, Wesley Walker, Keyshawn Johnson, Peter King, Rex Ryan, Vinny Testaverde, Willie Colon, Marty Lyons, Rich Eisen, Eric Coleman, Mark Sanchez, Marvin Washington, Damian Woody, Kim Jones, Brandon Marshall, Brad Smith, Warren Moon, Quadri Ishmael, AJ Hawk, Randy Cross, Adam Shine, Mike Tannenbaum, and Greg McElroy. And today, a big thanks to Adam Gase, who joins us next on Gangs All Here. All right, I want to welcome in now our very special guest, Adam Gase, the head coach of the Jets. I really appreciate you taking some time, Adam. I know you're busy with the offseason program. Let's start with the draft. How did you think the logistics worked of this virtual draft this year? You know, I thought it went as smooth as it could have went. You know, I got, I have zero complaints. I thought Joe and his crew did a fantastic job just having everything set up from the moment we started those meetings, just the communication, the way that we were able to maneuver in and out of, you know, they had like different, like, the most room set up to where we could have these different discussions and we were able to get to everybody very quickly if we, we had to bring somebody you know especially on draft day if we had to bring a coach or a scout or you know somebody that wasn't in the kind of our main room you know from another room it, it, it was just really smooth I just was really impressed with the operation my team people did a great job for us your son your son was one of the stars of the show uh what was it like for you having your family around during a draft pretty unusual uh circumstance for you yeah, it was it was it was fun though. You know, my 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 kids are they they have an idea of what's going on a lot of the times. My daughter probably cares less about it than than the other two. My eight year old he has a better understanding of kind of the ins and outs of things. And the six year old, you know, he kind of knows. He knows who the main players are, but outside of that, my middle son AJ, he's really into every little every little thing we do. So, but it was fun having those guys around, being able to you know just get to, for them to get to see kind of what what was going on. All right. Let's get. I just want to ask you about a few of the players you drafted. Makai Becton, the obvious thing is the size. When you look at him, he's a mountain of a man. What do you think he can bring to your offense uh, at left tackle or right tackle, wherever he ends up playing for you? Well, I think he's a guy that he can help us both in the run game and the passing game. You know, when you got a guy that size, you know, it's just when you meet him, that's the first thing you notice. You just go, wow, this is a very big human being. And, you know, when we. I I love the first meeting we had with him when we were at the combine. You know, before all this stuff was shut down, actually, you know, we got to sit down there, sit down in Indy and and go through some film with him. And one of the first plays Frank had on was it was a, you know, a run play and and he's pushing this guy all the way. I mean, they're 20 yards down the field and he might have gave him a little late shove there in in the white. And Frank was kind of like, hey, it's pretty good finish. He's like a little late here, though. He goes, well, he should have thought about going down. And I was just like, (laughs) I like this guy. This guy has some something to him this guy's got some nastiness to him he, he's the type of type of guy you want to be around yeah I mean just watching some of the highlights it's it's incredible his he looks you know this is division one football and he just towers over these guys and he's blocking for the most part and like you said there's a lot of clips of him just pushing guys down the field and then jumping on them he'll bring a little nastiness to your room and and the thing that, that that's really encouraging for us is we we know there's room for
for growth. We know there's things that we can do to help him improve. Uh, he's the type of kid that, that wants to improve. He wants to get better. He knows that he's not at the top of his game. And, you know, anytime you have a player that's hungry and he's a high draft pick, but you can you know that he wants to be better than what he is, that's, that's something that you get excited about as a coach. Then you get uh, Denzel Mims in the second round. Uh, Eye-opening 40-time, 4-3-40 at the Combine. Obviously, productive guy at Baylor. What did you like when you studied him on film and when you met him? I, I mean, for, for a big guy and a guy with the speed he has, his body control is is unbelievable you know his ability to really kind of adjust to back shoulder throws or throws that are thrown inside and he has to go over top of a guy he really does an outstanding job of lining himself up and, and making some really tough catches I know there's there's some things that he absolutely wants to work on and, and we're going to have that opportunity hopefully sooner than later but I really think that his skill set is something that is unique when you find a guy that can run that fast he's that big he does have good hands he's able to make them really tough catches it's it's always going to be about just keep improving be consistent you know I think we're going to have to you know it's, it's going to be about finding hey what what routes fit him out the gate for with us you know sometimes there's more there than what you realize you know when when a guy comes from a system where you know you see the routes that he's doing for them there's always more it's just he hasn't had the opportunity to, to do it yet so just by watching him seeing him being able to run as the routes that he ran at, at Baylor I think we're going to be able to find ways to to use him you know some different ways to use him than what he's done in in, in college joe has been pretty transparent this offseason about his priority of you know protecting sam darnold and finding some playmakers for sam darnold how do you think you guys did both in free agency and the draft when you look at your offense right now how do you feel about those two areas uh around sam i, I love the moves that we've made I, I i really like that we we've we tried to sign a lot of guys back you know that have been here you know getting alex back jordan you know, Brian Poole, like getting some of these guys back that know our system, know how we, we like to operate, and then adding the right type of guys. You know, we have guys that are, you know, self-motivated, guys that, that really are coming, you know, a lot of guys coming from winning programs and, and guys that are looking to prove something as well. You know, I think even in the draft, we, we probably we probably got a couple guys that, that felt like they should have been drafted higher and they're coming in with a chip on their shoulder, which is, that's that's a great thing for us. It's something that, you know, when, when players come in and they're motivated and they want to prove a lot of people wrong, that's, that benefits the New York Jets. Now, you knew Joe uh, from your time in Chicago and you know him through the years. Watching him this offseason, what has stood out to you about how he's attacked this thing as the GM? You know, the thing that always impresses me with Joe is just how how calm and level he is you know when it when it you know when when the time's winding down on the clock you know there's there's never panic with him he's always just steady and his organizational skills and his ability to communicate are, are off the charts you know when you're a head coach and, and you have a GM that that's able to you know take control and, and direct everybody the right way and, and really help put put your program in, in the right situation and the right you know really kind of getting everything lined up right for us to, to take over whenever we start this thing is it's an exciting thing to be a part of and I, I think you know once we hit you know whenever we start you know if it's training camp or we get some kind of off-season program it, it'll be exciting to get these guys all on the field you guys started the virtual off-season program on Monday how is that working out so far I know you're, you're early on in the process but are guys getting the technology is everybody uh, kind of on the same page there it's been it's been really smooth you know I I, I know every once in a while we'll have you know somebody will have to 
kind of get we need to get some help going where hey I, i'm not getting logged on as as smooth as i wanted to but you know that was as the first day and it was very limited amount of guys and you know it was good to see as uh, you know so many guys really show up and be excited to be a part of it and you know i think everybody's hungry to, to really get going on this stuff it's it, we know we're we're kind of restricted on what we can do here with what's going on and but it, it was i'm sure guys are excited that they, it's just a good change of pace for them you know they, they're going to see their teammates they're going to see their coaches you know for me i'm jumping in and out of these meetings that you know, they're kind of times are a little bit staggered. So for me to be able to try to see as many guys as I can, you know, it has been fun for me and just kind of, you know, being able to, to joke around and, and see some of these guys. And, and it's, it's, it's good to see these guys, you know, it's, it feels like it's been a really long time. Now, I don't want to be ageist here, Adam, but you know, sometimes, you know, the players are young and they know the technology stuff. Some of your coaches might be a little bit older. The coaches grasping all this technology. Well, I, I have a vision in my head of Greg Williams and Joe Vitt kind of cursing at their computer, trying to figure out how to unmute the computer. Is, is any of that going on? Well, the good thing was when, when we first, Greg, uh, Greg being around uh, Blake, that, that makes that, that helps us there. That makes it super easy in, in that aspect. And, and then my daughter was actually with Joe, you know, when, when kind of all this first started going down. So, you know, my 10 year old actually was able to help him kind of get his things lined up. And, <laughs> and, and it's, it was, uh, it really worked out well for, uh, you know, most of our coaches. Plus we were able to go through all this college, you know, these college interviews. So it was almost like we got a month of practice before we ever had to, had to deal with the players. And now guys understand, cause we were, we had to, we had to learn how to like share the film and, and we're watching film with the college guys and now we're doing it with our guys I feel like it's been it's been really smooth on on you know the learning curve I feel like we've had some good instructional things that our IT department has done a really good job putting together it's just there's been a lot of people that have had to do a, a, a lot of work to try to make sure that everything just went as smooth as it has been for those that don't know Joe Vitt the Jets outside linebackers coach and one of the top defensive assistants is also Adam's father-in-law uh, so his granddaughter there was helping him help them with the technology that's I think a lot of people can relate to that right now. I just one of the challenges with the way this looks like it's going to go with no on the field work in the spring is going to be the chemistry, I would think. And especially offensive line, you guys are going to have a lot of new pieces on that offensive line. Is that a concern for you right now? Not so much a concern. It's just going to be, a, you know, we're, well, there's so many of us kind of in the same position, right? Like even, even teams that, are, I mean, there's probably not many teams that can say, hey, we have all five guys back together or, you know, eight of our top guys were all back together so there's going to be a learning curve for everybody it's really about what locker rooms can create that chemistry as fast as possible what what offensive lines can create chemistry once they get on the field as fast as they possibly can I think it helps that our quarterback returning and his knowledge of the game and his experience from this last year are, are very valuable to us because he's able to communicate you know our meetings with him have been been very very good and, and you can tell that he has such a different grasp of everything compared to what he did in year one um, I think that's going to help us and you know the, the guys that that we do have returning you know, we got guys returning that are that are talkers, you know, and, and that are not afraid to communicate. So and we've added the right pieces. I feel like we've added the right type of guys that'll that'll come in and, and we'll we'll be able to develop the chemistry we need to, you know, to to help us win games, you know, down the road. It's a funny, you just hit on a point with Sam with being in year two of your offense. And, you know, you talked about it in the conference call with us the other day that he kind of 
you know, he's now digging in on the finer points of the offense. He's, he knows the language. He's not worried about some of that stuff. I'm curious for you, the flip side of that, year two with Sam, what does that do for you as the designer of this offense, as a play caller, just having a year under your belt with him and knowing him that much better? Well, it, it, it opens things up. And at the same time, it, it really helps us fine tune some of the, the things that we've already been doing. And you know, when, you, when you're coaching this guy and, and whether it's me uh, or Dal or anyone else that has, has to communicate with Sam, he's really, he's the one doing a lot of the talking and he, he can tell you, you know, when we're, when we're going through, you know, whether it's, you know, an interception tape or sack tape or touchdown tape or, hey, here were some hots or side adjusts, whatever, whatever it may be, you know, missed opportunities. He's able to kind of tell us, hey, this should have happened. I should have did this or, or so-and-so should have done this. And, and for him to be able to communicate that back to us before we say anything, that's when, you know, growth is growth has happened for him. And he is, you know, he's he just – so much easier for him to talk through a lot of the things that happened last year and and every once in a while you'll see him really you, you can see the anger on on you know by being able to see him you know doing these these like video conferences you see how how angry he gets as why did why would i do that was so stupid i shouldn't have done that or i should have did this and this is how we got to handle this moving forward and here's how this is the adjustment i want to make on this and him telling us what he wants to do moving forward in certain situations that that gets you excited as a coach i know you know we've had some really good meetings and, and the way that he's talking through football situations is is really it's that's what makes this a tougher time for us because we're like man i really want to get on the field when i'm hearing them talk like this yeah just i mean how excited are you to get year two going with this team yeah i mean i mean we've i feel like we've added some really good really good people to our to our building i feel like we've we've added the right type of guys and and you know the guys that are coming back are are guys that you know i'm i'm really interested to see the growth that's occurred and it's you know it's just it's all time now it's all what we're, we're able to do it and you know hopefully sooner than later but you know right now i think we're all in the same situation where we're all in one big holding pattern and we're doing everything we can in the, in the moment and we're just going to keep trying to get better at, with the, the tools we can right now. Two more questions, Adam, and I'll let you get back to work. The AFC East, I, I've covered the Jets for a while, and it's been always been the question for the Jets coach has always been you feel like you're closing the gap with the guys in New England. You know, it's been like this for 15, 16 years where you're, you've talked about them being the leaders in this division. They went through a lot of changes this offseason, number one being number 12, going, leaving town, but they've also um, revamped their defense a lot. Does this division, you know, you've been in this division in Miami and here for a while now, does it feel like this division is more wide open than it's been? It's hard to say because you still have Coach Belichick up there and you have a staff that's been, you know, even though they've had some movement, you still have a lot of guys that have been, you know, in that organization for a long period of time. You still have a lot of players that have been in that organization for a long time and they know how things are supposed to be run and how they're supposed to do things. So for us, it's really, you know, they're going to do what, what they do. I know Buffalo is worried about themselves. Miami's worried about themselves. We're doing the same thing. It's it's really we're all trying to do what everything we can to to put ourselves in the right position. And then it's going to come down to basically who wins the most games in the division. Who's the one that's going to you know figure out what who can win it this year. 
you know, I'm, we, we always talk about just staying in the moment and not worrying about what happened the year before or what's going to happen the year after. we got to stay in the moment, and that's all we're trying to do right now. All right, I'll get you out of here on this one. I know you're a big Netflix guy, Adam, and a lot of people right now are stuck at home and they're burning through shows left and right. Do you have any Netflix recommendations for people that might be looking for something right now? Uh, the one that, that I'm kind of, that, that I'm I'm almost finished with, but I've really enjoyed is, is Ozark. That one, that one kind of grabbed a hold of me pretty good that was uh that's been that's been a, a great one for me to watch high anxiety show a lot a lot going on and there's nothing you keeps you on edge the whole time yes. the end the end of season three is unbelievable I'll, I'll just tell you that like i i finished that about a few weeks ago and the end of that the season three is just amazing so you'll enjoy that well yeah i'm almost there i'm a few episodes away so don't i don't need any spoiler alerts on that one yeah season three was terrific but yeah i'll, I'll endorse that ozark recommendation as well that's a good one well adam i really appreciate you taking the time for us today uh hopefully we'll i'll see you uh in a few months <laughs> i guess i know you, i know you're looking forward i know you miss the media i know that's part of this 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 uh this this tough part of the spring is missing the media but i really appreciate you taking the time i think every right now anybody if you saw anybody outside of your own house i think anybody would be excited right now it's, it's been a, a unique situation to say the least <laughs> all right adam take it easy no problem thank you That's a wrap for this episode and for season one of Gangs All Here with the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown for doing a great job producing the show all season. Catch up on all the episodes from the season while you wait for us to return by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Thanks to you, the listener, for supporting Gangs All Here since we launched in October. We will chat with you all later this summer. See you then, folks. Until we speak again, stay safe, everybody.